welcome. I was just doing a little jig to my music there. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm delighted to spend this hour with you. Thank you for reserving it on your calendar to spend it with me. We are here to talk about the stories you live by and the stories you are writing. We come to you live every Thursday at 4 o'clock. We're here in the Seattle, Washington area, but we broadcast all over the globe. And you can catch us on your drive home on your AM radio. That's 1150 KKNW AM. You can also catch us through your 1150 KKNW app. And you can grab a hold of us from your computer, whatever works for you. I'm just delighted to spend this time with you and to bring you some education to help you continue to write and to feel inspired by your creative expression. I have some programs coming up and I'd be really, really honored if you would join me. I have two in particular. One is a 90-day program that helps first, second, and third-time authors get that book you've been dreaming about, I mean, really thinking about over time. Get that book from your head out onto the page. You might be surprised by this, but most of us think about our books for a long time, and then we don't need as much time to write it down. This has been my experience. Many people come to me and say, yeah, I've been thinking about this book for, um, oh, you know, three years, maybe five, actually seven, probably 12. And, and I, think, I think 12 is probably closer to the true number for a lot of people. They've, they've had a book on their mind. And why has it stayed on their mind? Because knowing what to do with it is complicated. In my program, it's 90 days. We move it from your head down to the printed page. And from there, you have a lot of choices of what you can do with it. I also have another program that starts in January has a hard beginning, shall we say, in January, unlike the other 90-day program, which begins many times throughout the year. This one is a mastermind, and it's for the serious writer who says, I'm tired of messing around. It's time for me to understand what it means to claim an author's life and to really go for it. This is for, for the serious. It's, it's not for the faint at heart. I'm with you every week. I take you through classes. I take you through all kinds of one-on-one coaching, Q&A, through group coaching, through a lot of mentorship. You will need seven months for this program. It starts January 4th, 2021 just around the corner here. And if you're interested in either program, I would love to talk to you. Just go over to 
CoachDebbie.com. That's my website, CoachDebbie.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. And I will answer your questions. I think right there on the Connect page, you can send me direct questions. Or if you just want to speed up the process, you could send a message to my email address. And that is AskCoachDebbie at gmail. AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. Again, Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. And I would be happy to take your questions. And I'm the only one that reads them. Not to say that if I ever get an assistant, will they think your questions are silly. But just between you and I, I get amazing questions, and they're often followed by, I hope you don't think this is silly. I really don't. I, I love to get questions. Let's talk. If you're feeling drawn to do a program, let's get the conversation going, and let's get you in because I like to offer my listening audience a nice hefty discount. So we can talk about that as well. Just let me know that you heard about it right here on the live broadcast or through the podcast. So guess what we are going to talk about today? Do you ever hear people complain that they feel like their ego has gotten in the way of their writing? I, I hear about this all the time, and it might just be the nature of being a writing coach and a, a writing professor, but I hear about it all the time. I think my ego is getting in the way. And then we have a conversation, me and the student, me and the client, and I, I find out they're a little tripped up on their terms. So I want to set the record straight today. I want to help you understand your psyche just a little better. And for that reason, I have titled this show, What's Freud Got to Do With It? Because I do think he was the first person, maybe even the one who coined the notion of ego. That I'm not sure. But I do know we are used to associating Freud and ego and id and superego, that trifecta right there of our psyche, we can attribute to Freud. And a lot of people, when they think of Freud, they, they pull up all sorts of, oh, ah, sexual connotations. And that's not where we're going today. But you're going you're gonna to see exactly how it is that a writer can get a little stumped up when it comes to who's writing this story? Is it my ego? Who's getting in the way of this story? Is it my ego? Who's not getting our story done? Is it my ego? Could be someone else. And I, like I said, I'm going to set that straight for you today. And I think we will also have to borrow from more up-to-date people to really help us ground this notion of how is it that our ego is playing any part in our writing or our lack of ambition to get writing. 
I'm also going to talk to you about methods from John Martini. You familiar with him? He began his practice out of Houston, Texas, and now he basically has a, mm, I don't know, kind of a boat submarine world uh, flotation. Um, I don't really know what this thing's called, but he lives there. <laughs> and it moves around the world. And he goes everywhere. And he talks all about his breakthrough experience. It's a fascinating process. It, it is for the person that loves to study his workshops. According to my friend Antonio, in the short day are nine hours. And in the long day, yeah, they can go on for about 14 hours. Yow. So lucky for you, I'm going to sort of cliff note down some of his processes. And we might, we might tap into other friends as well. I bet you have a question. I hope I've stumped you just a little bit or at least gotten you curious. I'd really love it if you would call in. You know how it works at this point. If you call in, you get to talk to Eric and he makes sure that you and I connect together. And we just have a little conversation. And we just do a little live coaching on the air. So let's go to Eric and get those phone numbers in order. How you doing, Eric? Hey, good afternoon, Debbie. Great to see you. And yes, I'd love, of course, for folks to call in and ask their questions of you about writing or Sometimes, you know, it even goes beyond writing. But Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I know that you're open for all kinds of questions. So 425-373-5527 is the phone number. It's 425-373-5527 or toll free 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. This operator is standing by. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. That is the voice you will hear when you call in. Friendliest person right down here at KKNW. And he will make sure that we connect. All I need is your name. You can also share, if if you care to, you can share where you're calling from. You can share your age. And we'll just have a little conversation and get you all straight straight away. So let's start with this notion. If we're going to talk about what does Freud have to do with your writing process, I'd actually like to just back it up a bit and begin with John Martini's values. Of course, he's not the only person who talks about values, but... I really like the way he talks about values. He really talks about the notion, and I quote, living from your highest values. Hmm, living from your highest values. What might that mean? Let's just explore this for a moment. If you're a writer, you value writing. So you know that's in the mix, but is it your highest value? What if we compared it to another value you might have? Let's bring in family. 
a lot of people value family. So if we just put writing and family side by side, does it feel like these are both of value to you? A lot of people would say yes. So we can just keep going. What if we bring in environment? Do you feel like you value environment? A lot of people are going to say, sure, I do. I, I, I walk the, the recycling out every week. I, I make sure that I contribute and do my part for the environment. I've never littered a day in my life. Yeah, I value the environment. Now, what if we took it a step deeper? We thought about this concept that John D. Martini talks about, and we actually thought about ranking those values. Mm. So does the environment in some capacity. Does it matter to you more than your writing, or does your writing matter to you more than your environment? When you start to look at that, you get to think about, hmm, does my family matter more than my writing? Or does my, ooh, do I have some ties going on here? How the heck do I decide? Well, it's that conflict that helps you start to see that values really do form a certain sort of level of ranking, even if they tie. Because values always inspire us to fulfill their their expectancy in the world. For example, one of my highest values is friendship and partnership. So I am constantly in the world finding ways to know people, to know them on a deeper level, to enjoy people, to make business partnerships. And I honestly think I came into the world desiring that. I, I am inspired to fulfill my value of friendship and partnership. I would say one of my besties, I would say her her highest value might be art. She is constantly either out in nature taking photography or she is at home working on her paintings. She's also very, very talented when it comes to things like hair and makeup and design. She is someone who she keeps an impeccable home and has quite the eye for design. I would wrap all that up into her value for art. It just shows up every single day. And that's one of the ways you start to understand what do I value most? It usually has to do with how you spend your time and, and you don't take a break from it for a long period of time because you value it. A friend of mine said, well, I value travel. I haven't traveled in a long time. But I corrected her and said, you are constantly finding ways to get yourself out of the house. You're constantly finding ways to have a new experience. You're always talking about that stuff over dinner topics. 
So I think even though you value travel, just because you haven't been to Italy for the last two years doesn't mean a nice trip to downtown doesn't, on some level, fulfill your value system. So I want you to now start to think about writing and value and how do you value writing? I'll tell you this, I've been writing since that very first journal was put in my hand when I was 10 years old. I've continued to write, even when I get mad at my writing, even when I think my writing is sloppy, even when I think my writing is unpublishable, I always come back to it. Even if I take a little break, I come back. It's part of my values. And why do we do things we value? Because it fulfills us. All right. Think about that. That's part one of our little lesson today. And if you don't know where I'm going with this, well, I'm going to tell you more when we come back after our first break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you considered your health goals as you step into fall? Are you finishing the year right on track? If these questions leave you stumped, meet Autumn, the founder of L Nutrition. As a clinical nutritionist, she knows that counting calories never works long term, and high endurance exercise is not everyone's thing. Check out the podcast for the October 1st edition of Story You Talk Radio, as Autumn Bates shares scientific facts to help you be fit, reduce chronic pain, and meet your wellness dreams. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio. And today, we're asking the question, what does Freud have to do with all this writing stuff? What really does Freud have to do with all this? Most of us, when we think of Freud, our mind might go to scattered little places, but it might just call up that little trifecta of the ego, the id, and the superego. And I want to set the record straight that there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to really embody when you take in the notion that your values are driving this whole ego, id, and superego. I know, I know we're, we're going kind of collegiate today, but I think it will prepare you to decide, are you going to go forward with some of these writing projects you may have taken on? Some people I know right now are forging through the first draft of writing a book, and they're feeling pretty good about it. And if you ask me, that's because they have really aligned 
with what we talked about in the first part of the show, and that's your values. Some people really value the notion that in this lifetime, they're going to get a book out. And so they're doing it. They value it. It matters to them. As we think about the notion of values, just just close your eyes if you can for a minute and ask yourself, is there anything that you just spontaneously love to do? It's important to you, really important to you. You might have images coming up. It might be that you just love being around your grandkids, and that tells me you value family. You might say you just love being down the street at that picnic bench in the park where you do your writing, and that makes me think you love to write. Or you might tell me that you absolutely love that first two hours in the day when you're standing in front of your students. That would be my answer. And that's because I value teaching so much. I value it so much, I bring it right here. I bring it right here to the radio show more than I even bring a guest on the show because I really want to teach you. I really want to have this sort of relationship with you. Value is your identity. You can't help but stand tall in the things you value. It's your identity. And now we're going to work into Freud because guess what? Your ego is a lot like your values. In other words, your ego, which just basically means I or it means self, your ego is that part of you that carries out your identity or your role. Your ego makes sure that the role you care about most gets fulfilled. It has a will to it. It has a desire. And it wants to stand out and be known. You see how it's a lot like your values? First comes your, your ego because you, you're a human. But as you age, and it, you might only get to like age four or five or six before you start speaking from that space of ego and saying, Mom, I want to drive a fire truck. Or as my little brother used to say, Mom, I want to drive a fire cark. There were cars and there were carks. <laughs> and carks were the big ones. I want to drive a fire cark. He didn't actually end up going on to do that. But as a postal carrier, I can see how the value is similar. He had this desire to serve. He had this desire to be out on the road, keeping his eyes open and figuring out how he played a role in humanity. You might say, hmm, fireman, postal service, not the same thing. But yeah, put it under a category. I can see the similarities. I said from the very, very beginning, I want to be a teacher. I just didn't know what I was going to teach. Was I going to teach gymnastics? I think that was the first thing that came to me because I like gymnastics. As I got older, I thought, maybe I'll, maybe I'll teach piano. 
I got pretty good at the piano. Maybe I'll teach piano. I got intimidated by that because I can't sing. And I sort of thought they go together. Doesn't mean I don't sing. <laughs> Watch out. But it, it does mean that I don't sing well. So that value around music, I, I still have it. But did it form in the shape of my identity? More so, it formed in the shape that I wanted to teach something. I wanted to get good at something and pass it along. And one thing I really, really love is being in that network of teaching and learning and learning and teaching and teaching and learning. I think the two go together. So you could say that my ego is fulfilled when I'm teaching. Teaching is the value. Ego is the fulfillment of my role. Now, if you are writing, I could say that your ego is fulfilled when you're writing. Writing is your value. The fulfillment is carrying out that role. We could say that Eric is fulfilled as he operates all this incredible tech. Oh, my goodness. I wish I could do it. But maybe it's deep in his value system to be an operator of all this tech. My guess is it is because he shows up day and night and does it really well. So are you seeing how this works together? And what I really hope you see is that ego is not a bad thing. Ego has a will. Ego can get out of control, but this is where it gets a little interesting. Because now we work into this other idea. So let's say for a moment you're someone who likes to write and you write once a year. I would say look into your values. You probably have some values above writing. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a wonderful thing. But for the person who's writing a lot or the person who's writing often but maybe not a lot, that person probably really values writing. Their ego and their value system is working together with it. But enter the id. Yes, this thing that Freud talked about, the id. What the heck is the id? Mm. The id I'm seeing all over the NaNoWriMo groups, those groups of writers that are coming together and putting out all their work in November. Yeah, the id, it's a little more impulsive. It's not like the ego where it knows it has a lifetime role to fulfill. It's not as much like the ego where it knows it lives for its value system. The id is a little more reactive. It's a little more immediate. It likes to be gratified. It's, uh, according to Freud, often addictive. It can sometimes, again, according to Freud, really start to shrink in size 
because the it is that part of us that compares ourselves, especially as we get older, to how others are doing. It's a natural thing. It's part of our psyche. Now, I would say a lot of us confuse that with our ego. But just hang out with me a minute here. Consider again, the ego knows her role. She says, I identify with music. I identify with writing. I identify with sound and tech. I identify with gymnastics. I identify with the environment. I love to express my voice. But the id says, I want things quickly. I want things soon. I'm going to react if I compare myself to you. You start to see a little more behavior come out in the id. And sometimes it's not as attractive as we want to show up. I learned uh, something very interesting about my very own little id. And uh, it went like this. I love to write. Writing is one of my highest values. It's right up there with friendship, partnership, bonding. It's right up there with art. Writing is one of my highest values. What I found out was that I don't value writing more than I value teaching. And that was a surprise to me. How did I come to determine this? Well, I, I don't care that much about getting published, but I do care a lot about expressing what I write and using it to teach. So writing falls under the heading of teaching for me. I identify as a teacher, but one of the things that helps me be expressive in the world and to be expressive on a weekly basis so that I, I react to the world, I am gratified in the world, is to do this podcast, for example, to send out my writing and have it appear as articles. But I'm not as keen on waiting for two, three, four, five years to get a book out. It just doesn't, it just doesn't hit my one, two, or three level value. And I'm really glad I know that. Because if it did, I wouldn't really have the time to be a teacher because I'd have to surrender that so I could fulfill that highest value. You following me? We got our values. That thing that we do, it matters so much to us. We've got our ego, that role we play day in, sometimes day out. Sometimes we take a day off, but we are just called to be in it. You're called to be in it. Think about this. Moms don't stop being moms just because their kids go to college. Yeah, that calling to them, that egoic fulfillment goes on. But the id, the id likes things to happen 
soon. It can also, because it has a strong will, it can sort of shrink back if things don't happen soon. So how does this show up with your writing? Well, something I noticed in my nano writing group, the one last year we had where we were trying to get 50,000 words out in one month's time. I noticed that people that did not meet their goals by the end of the day, if this happened a few days in a row, they were liable to leave the group for good. Why? Because their id, that center in them that wanted that instant gratification, was not being met. It's just a natural part of us. But what I want to point out here is that we often call that our ego. It's not. It's not. It's another part of our psyche. It's an important part of our psyche. But our ego is here to make sure our role is fulfilled. It has a will of its own. It, it, is, it is even a part of us that might invest in the coach or the guru or supernatural force so that it can start to transcend itself and get big inspiration. But the id, the id is very different. The id says, I want to feel good today. I want to feel good about what I did. And if I don't feel good on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, I might shrink, as Freud used to say. And then it's going to require a therapist or what we call a shrink to help us out of that comparison mode. That comparison mode that happens when the id takes over and says, something didn't happen soon enough. Your writing didn't get out into the world quick enough. That's that's something I just want to differentiate there because if you're still with me, then walks in the superego. Oh my goodness. When is she going to stop? Well, not quite yet. The superego. Do you know what that is? John Martini calls it this. I like this term. He calls it the moralizing force. Basically, it's the controller. It's not original in our psyche. Whereas the ego and the id is more original because we all desire a role, the ego, and we all desire a little instant gratification, the id. But the the superego... That comes from the outside. Who outside? Oh, mom, dad, the pastor, bad teachers, not good ones, bad teachers. Oh, the law, the law. Don't cross the street. Don't jaywalk, right? Use the, use the crosswalk. All that stuff from the outside. That's the superego. Some people use God himself to be their superego. 
it's pretty amazing. But what Freud went on and said is, if you don't, at some point, go from, and I'm paraphrasing here, go from being the young person that basically needs a certain taming, needs that superego, needs that controlling force, so you don't just go, you know, hay wonky through your whole life. If you don't at some point claim your own rules and regulations, you will forever stay somewhat immature. And that will keep you from fulfilling your values, your egoic purpose, and from understanding how the id keeps you trapped or helps you stay safe. Yow, right? There's a lot going on there. And we typically, we put all of that on the ego. So, woof, am I spinning your head? I'm trying. When we come back, we're going to take a couple of questions from Lila and from Rob that came in this week, and we're going to apply it to this talk. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you considered your health goals as you step into fall? Are you finishing the year right on track? If these questions leave you stumped, meet Autumn, the founder of L Nutrition. As a clinical nutritionist, she knows that counting calories never works long term, and high endurance exercise is not everyone's thing. Check out the podcast for the October 1st edition of Story You Talk Radio, as Autumn Bates shares scientific facts to help you be fit, reduce chronic pain, and meet your wellness dreams. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I am preparing you for my mastermind group that is starting in January. I decided today to take a deep dive into looking at our ego, our id, our super ego, our values, and to get you thinking, wow. Am I ready? Am I ready to go on a deep dive? Because if you do, if you take that leap in January, when we're finishing up in July, you will have something in your hands that matters to you. Why? Because you've claimed that writing is one of your highest values. And through that time, we've worked together as a community and one-on-one, you have been bringing into the world your podcast or your book or your ongoing blog or your ebook or whatever that project is 
that you have been writing and wanting to express. Everyone going through that program will meet that goal. We start in January, and my purpose today is to get you warmed up. So let's think about this. How do I even start to to assess what my values are? Well, in the class, we go deep into it. But right here, I'm just going to give you a couple questions to think about. To what degree do you value getting published? Think about that. If you're a writer, to what degree do you value getting published? You might say, hmm, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10. (laughs) I used to think that was my value, but actually, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, getting published by someone else is mm, somewhere around a six. But getting published by me on a, a week in and week out basis, that's a 10. I'm doing it right here on this podcast. But sometimes it's good to look at another question. So what about this one? To what degree do I value creating the time to do my writing. Mm. Because time doesn't appear out of the clear blue sky if you value writing. So to what degree do I value creating the time to write? For my my former husband, uh, this was a no-brainer. This was a 10. He was up every morning early. And he worked on his writing until 9.45 in the morning, every morning. Every morning. It mattered to him. There were mornings when he would sit there coughing and sniffling, and he was still out of bed doing it. I really, really saw that he valued creating the time. Let's try another question. If you value writing, to what degree do you value Moving through the editing process. Oh, now this is, this is not for the faint of heart, right? A lot of us realize, ah, I do value writing. I value writing in my journal and never letting anyone ever see it. Yes. And that's a little bit different than the person who values going through the editing process and putting their work out into the world. Because if you're going to put your work out into the world, you're probably going to have to work with an editor. There are very, very, very few people accomplishing getting their work out into the world unless they're 100% self-publishing, meaning nobody's reading it over, nobody's giving a critique, nobody's helping them out. (laughs) Um, So... Looking at that, do I value moving through the editing process? That's just going to help you understand your writing values. But you can take this to any area of your life. You can ask yourself things like, to what degree do I value my legacy? And for some of my writers, they find out, ooh, that speaks to me. 
And what it tells me is they, they have high family values or even a high career value because they want to get that story of their legacy down on paper. Other people might look at the question, to what do, degree do I value uh, my industry? And there they might be thinking about leadership. They might be thinking about having a long-term career. Do you see how we start to assess what our values are? Mm-hmm. Values, when you know what your values are, you can start to look at how they show up in your psyche. We go into depth in my program around this. We, we really spend a, a few weeks on this so that you get the momentum to go forward. People think that the ego is going to stop them. And just as a reminder, the ego is that part of you that plays out the role. So right now, this, this part of me that is speaking into the microphone and offering you content, that's my ego. The false ego, I think, is what a lot of people associate with their ego as well as their id. The false ego is that prideful part of us that kind of likes to have things look better than they really are. So have you ever been to someone's, um, oh, let's say, let's say you went to someone's house and when you got there, their fence was freshly painted and their yard was full of beautiful roses and their house was all up to date with all kinds of furnishings. But upstairs, way on the third floor, um, mom and grandma were having a, a fight that had come to blows. <laughs> that's someone that's got a little bit of false ego going on in a corner of their life. In other words, they've made sure that they present well, but they haven't really worked on the interior. Or they're trying to, but the drama is slowing it down. We tend to think that that false ego is really our whole ego, and it's not. We tend to think if we fall into bad habit, you know, that's what the id can do. It can compare itself to others. It can shrink down. It can get stuck in addictive behaviors like arguing with its counterpart and making an enormous mess out of things. Because an argument's just an argument, but it's really the enormous mess that comes out of this false area and just is constantly asking us, hey, take a look here. Take a look at the opportunity to, instead of indulging in an argument, to actually be a little more fulfilled and practice some communication and grow, right? We have these parts of us that shrink down. And what I want to say is any writer, 
any writer is going to come face to face with those moments where they feel the false self. And a lot of us call that the ego. But what I want to really stress here is we're not bad when we engage in that. We're, we're actually trying to find ways to learn. I love this question that Rob brought to my attention. He says, how do I know when I actually have something viable that will be selected for publication? What would help me know if my written stories are really just for fun? He put this in my Facebook group. By the way, if you'd like in my Facebook group, you just send me a little note. We'll get you in there. It's completely free. He put this in the Facebook group, and what I saw working here is that Rob has a value around writing. I noticed that Rob has a value around publication, and he also values having some fun. But what he's trying to work out here is, does it matter to me more to have fun or to get published? And that's when the ego and the id and the superego go to town on this. Because the ego says, I'm here to fulfill my desire to write. The false ego says, well, it better look good. The id says, I want this done soon. If it's not done soon, I'm tempted to go back to some sort of habit that I'm able to indulge in to give me a little reprieve. We don't know what Rob's habits are, but we do know what Coach Debbie's habits are, and they're all around donuts and staying up late and binge-watching fabulous, really just high-drama TV. Oh, God. Those are my, my wonderful little id mechanisms. There's also the superego that gets involved. And remember, that is the moralizing force. And this can take you out of the game for good. This is the part, again, people confuse this with the ego. The superego is this out-of-proportion voice It was once here to help you tame what would keep you safe and what would help you socialize. But now as an adult, it gets all big and puffed up and it over-influences you when you don't need it. So what it does is it says, hmm, maybe it comes to Rob and it says, ah, I, your super ego, I see you're worried about getting published and you're also wondering if you're just doing this writing for fun. Well, we're going to pose, impose a judgment on you. And that's where the conflict comes in. What I can say to you, Rob, is you're in the process of writing. You're in the process of writing something that you love. And maybe it's a story. I would love to know what you're writing. But that question, it's a great question. Will it be selected for publication? Is it just something for fun? That's that's moving away from the ego that is here and high-valued to do writing and moving into the superego. I'm going really slow now. 
because I want you to get the message here. The ego is trying to fulfill its desire to write. But the superego has come along and said, hey, 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 me and your your not-so-groovy friend, Id, we want to know if you've done some comparisons out there and notice that there's some great people published. Yeah. Are you one of those? Mm-hmm. Hey, and do you have a writing practice that's good enough to get published? Yeah. Hmm. Might want to think about that. The superego and the id are not always on your side. You have to keep them in check. We call it the ego sometimes, but it's really not. It's this funny part of our psyche. It can take over. It was once here to help us feel like we had a place in society where we understood the rules. But sometimes it takes over and goes, mm-hmm. You said you were going to get published. Are you on track for that? And then it wonders, oh, if I'm not on track, has all this writing just been for fun? There's really no conflict there if you're writing for fun. But there can be conflict with the superego and the id when you start to say, but I want this to get published. Again, We work with this in my program. I have a mastermind program, and I have a 90-day writing program to move your book out onto the page. Lila, I am so sorry. I'm not going to be able to get to your question today. But if you go back and you put your email address in, I will send the answer directly to you. It has been a pleasure to be your host today. We've been looking at how our silly mind works. It gets all caught up in this stuff. But what I really want to impart on you is if you have a high value to write, I want you to write. And if you have a high value to get help and have your words expressed in the world, I'd love to help you with that as well. I'm here every Thursday at 4 o'clock. Until next week, namaste, my friends.